Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Trittletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Tucson is Matt Silverman. Matt is Global Trade Director and Senior Counsel at Viavi, but he's also the author of the new book, The Champions Network. Uh, Matt's been a frequent speaker about how to set up champions or ambassadors programs uh, at our conferences, so we're happy to have him here. And uh, Matt, let's get into it. Uh, when we were discussing potential areas to discuss today, you suggested keeping champions engaged as a topic, which I, I think it's great because you know a champions network only works if the people you recruit are really engaged and, and active. How big a problem is lack of engagement typically? Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks, Adam. And thanks again for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it and giving me an opportunity to talk about something that has um, become quite a, a passion of mine. So, uh, you know, lack of engagement uh, is is a huge issue. And I, and I see that all the time, um, both within Champions Networks that I have worked within and Champions Networks that I have worked to help build and develop at a number of um, different organizations. Um, I was, uh, as I was writing my book, I was talking to and really interviewing a, a friend of mine and I'll, I'll, I'll leave him nameless um, for this interview. And I, he's the, the head of compliance at a, at a company in Texas. And we were talking about Champions Networks and he had mentioned to me um, that he had a, a network of, of 200 champions. And I was really, really impressed by that. And as we started to talk further, um, he said something to the effect of, yeah, the problem is they, they don't really do anything. Uh, and, and I said, what, what do you mean they don't do anything? He said, well, they're, they're champions in name only. Uh, we've, we've hired them on. We've trained them. But really, I, I don't get a lot back from them. And, and you know, uh, it, it's not really the champion's fault usually in that situation. It's, it's the responsibility of the champion network leader to make sure that the people that you're bringing on to be champions and that you're taking the time to train, maybe you've developed a budget, you've put together a structure. So now they're on board and what's your responsibility as the champions network leader to make sure that they continue to stay engaged in the program. And that's where I see a lot of um, issues come up with network leaders who say that they're champions don't stay engaged. Um, and we have to remember that there's a reason that most champions decide to become champions. They they may be incentivized, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit. They may be incentivized by um, monetary rewards. They may be incentivized by an altruistic purpose of keeping their company um, compliant and their reputation in good standing. There's all different ways and reasons that champions become champions. And you have to kind of remember that and find ways to keep those champions engaged and focus on those goals that were the reason that they joined in the first place. So I, I know we're going to get into some of these topics today, um, but really it's you know the ability for champions to see the impact of their work, the ability to incentivize champions in some ways, the ability to provide access to career development opportunities. These are just some examples of the ways that sometimes network leaders forget um, to incorporate into their champions network to ensure that they that their champions do in fact um, stay engaged. So it's it's a big part of champions network development, the engagement piece, um, and something I really like to talk about um, because if if you don't have that continued engagement, you you may have an effective network for a little while, but it's not going to be that effective in the long run and probably not going to be that sustainable. 
And you need it to be, and obviously they're there for a reason. And if they're not feeling engaged, they're not going to be doing that. Now, along those lines of how, how do you keep them involved, you're an advocate for professional development activities. Uh, from a content perspective, what does it focus on? Do you think it's best to do compliance specific or professional skills that you advocate for? Yeah, so I, I think that's a piece of it. Um, it's certainly, you know, um, I, it certainly depends on your organization and the type of network that you are developing. I'll give you some examples. I'm I'm an international trade attorney uh, by day. I have helped to work within and help to build trade compliance um, champions networks. So in, in those cases, there are situations where I would advise that the professional development opportunities you give may be things such as opportunities for champions to attend conferences and webinars, seminars. Um, even listen to podcasts, right, that have to do with trade compliance, with the substantive area that they are being asked to know more about. Um, and in many cases, your champions may be looking to eventually further broaden and deepen their career in that area. There are champions I've worked with who became champions because really they were, they were in one part of the organization, but were really looking to transition to do something different. And so in the case of trade compliance, you know, they had an interest in it. So what can we do to make sure you develop those skills other than giving you the initial, you know, internal training that you'll need? So um, I, I've talked to Champions Network leaders about making sure that those champions, like I said, there's room in the budget for maybe them to attend a conference, them to attend some external training. Um, I've seen the same thing in uh, DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Champions Networks, where there may be a champion who has an interest in the area. They want to develop that interest more, whether they're looking to become DEI professionals in the future or just take on a larger role in the organization as it pertains to, to DEI. There are, as you, you and I both know, um, a plethora of DEI-related conferences, uh, webinars, training opportunities. So I... I I generally do advise to look at professional development as it relates to the specific area, but then here's the other piece of it that sometimes people forget. A lot of the a lot of the reason why people become champions is because they want to have that visibility with leadership. They want their managers or leaders or even up to the C-suite level to know um, that they are leaders within the organization, that they can take on more responsibility. So I always look for opportunities and I advise organizations to look for opportunities so that champions can develop in not necessarily a substantive area like trade compliance or DEI or cybersecurity, but how about leadership? How about communication skills? How about influence? I mean, these are, these are all areas that sometimes they get labeled as soft skills um, in terms of communication and influence. But as you and I know, there are a lot of professional development opportunities to grow in terms of your leadership capabilities, in terms of how to better communicate, whether it's how to send a better email or how to lead a team. So I, I always look for opportunities where champions can develop those, those skills that are not necessarily specifically related to the substantive area of the champions network, but they can develop those skills in leadership or communication, et cetera, um, that, you know, really makes them, it, it gives them another incentive, right? And I know we'll talk more about incentivizing champions, but it gives them another incentive to be part of the program. They're developing their skills and they're showing 
you know, their current or potential or future boss, um, all the skills that they have developed as part of this champions network. You know, they're, they're not just there to be a spy. They're not just there to be eyes and ears um, or to escalate issues. They are truly there in many cases to be leaders within their regions or departments to better communicate and influence others. And that's a, a really valuable and marketable skill that they can take with them um, hopefully in, in future positions or in their current position within the company. Let's build off of something you referred to there, which was incentives. We talk a lot about incentives and compliance program. Do, do they play a role, have you found, with champions? Uh, th they do. And, and actually, you can um, look to the DOJ uh, for guidance. And the DOJ actually supports using incentives in compliance programs um, and, and certainly in champions networks as well. So there's, there's a couple different ways to incentivize champions. You can give them some type of a monetary incentive, whether that's through a, a bonus, an increase in their salary. Um, I worked in an organization where we had internal company dollars, right? You could give a champion some company, company dollars, and then they can go online and buy a, a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or a save it up and get a laptop. But I, I often find that a lot of champions networks don't have the, the budget to incentivize them uh, necessarily monetarily, but there are other ways to truly incentivize champions. And, and one of those ways is what we've already talked about a little bit in terms of those career development opportunities. If a champion knows that being part of this network will afford them opportunities to attend conferences, um, to have uh, career development training, and also just to have visibility, right? If you have a champions network and there are senior leaders, maybe even up to the C-suite who are involved in that network and they see the champions who are part of that network, it's, it's an incentive. It's an incentive to anyone within the organization to be a champion because they know that leadership within that organization um, has, vis has visibility to them. They're learning their names, knowing who they are, seeing that they're playing an integral role in compliance within the organization. So a lot of people look at incentives purely monetarily, and you have to remember there are mo monetary and, and non-monetary incentives um, to, being, to being a champion. Uh, uh, Joe Murphy, who we both know and is a, a guru in the compliance field, writes a lot about this, the importance of uh, providing incentives in compliance programs. And uh, as I said, the DOJ endorses it. So I, I see no reason why within a compliance champions network, incentives shouldn't play a, a large role. And you make a good point there that just acknowledging, recognizing, and and showing appreciation counts for a lot. You know, a lot of times in business, you don't get that. It just now do this, now do that. And having that opportunity to be recognized and appreciated and acknowledged, especially by somebody senior, you know, adds a lot of value. Now, what else, do you have any parting thoughts on what else could be done to keep people engaged? Yeah, so I'd say in addition to providing development opportunities um, and, and incentives, here, here's a big one for me. Um, often champions wanna see the impact of what they're doing. So if your role as a champion is to bring issues or spot issues or concerns or questions and bring them to the subject matter expert within your organization, don't forget that those champions generally want to see the impact of what they're doing. So keeping those champions informed 
as to the issues that are being brought to a centralized compliance program, how they're being addressed. In other words, don't just be a sounding board. Don't just be there to listen to them. And then those champions have no idea how the problem gets addressed. So ensuring that champions really see their input in action, the impact of their work is, is a, huge, a huge catalyst in, in helping to keep champions engaged. And then finally, uh, giving your champions actual homework to do. And not everyone likes the word homework, so maybe don't call it that, but giving your champions substantive tasks, right? Don't just say, go forth and spread compliance because they don't know what that means. But if you say to them, you should be setting up meetings with your department heads every week or every quarter, or you should be helping to specifically spread this policy or procedure and then seek input on it and come back to the compliance function, giving your champions substantive work to do, uh, specifically telling them what's needed from them, that actually will motivate them to continue to stay engaged and not become complacent in their compliance role. Well, Matt, thank you for sharing that advice on how compliance teams can get the most out of their champions network. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen today. I'm Adam Turtletop from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.